You're listening to The Healthy Sensitive. Welcome, everybody, to The Healthy Sensitive, a podcast for highly sensitive people and introverts who want to figure out how to live their lives the way they damn well please, while also staying healthy in the process of that. It's really that simple. I'm Leah Burkhart, your hostess on the show, and today what I'm going to be talking about is weight management. I, I didn't intend to talk about weight management uh, this week initially, but I got so many questions about it this last week that I thought it'd be worthwhile to just do a podcast on it. So there you go. So weight management, specifically for HSPs. Uh, So just to give you an idea of what we're going to be talking about, um, what does it take to lose weight? That's one thing we'll talk about. Why is it so hard to lose weight and keep it off? What are the specific challenges that highly sensitive people face in particular as it pertains to weight management? What are the strengths that they come with? And how does positive, like body positive and health at every size fit into the whole conversation about this? What are some tools that might help? And then we'll kind of wrap it up. So there you have it. So first off, what does it take to lose weight? Well, I'm gonna be pulling in some data from a seemingly archaic organization, but archaic or not, their data is still sound. You may or may not have heard of these folks before. It's the National Weight Control Registry. You can see their website and bless their hearts. They're super smart. The data is great, but their website is atrocious. You might even think it's fake and it's not. I think it's nwcr.org. Anyway, this is just a summary of some of the findings that this organization compiled as it pertains to weight management. Uh, They gathered together a number of people. 80% of these people in the registry were women, 20% men. The average woman's age was 45. The average man's age was 49. Uh, The average woman's weight was 145 at the time they were taking the data, and for men it was 190. So just to give you a kind of a sense. The registry members lost on average 66 pounds and kept it off for, on average, five and a half years. So these are the folks, like this is the cream of the crop. These are the folks that really figured out how to do this and do it well and keep their weight off because that's really the issue here. The challenge that everyone keeps talking about as it, you know, with regard to weight management is not how do I lose weight? It's how do I lose weight and keep it off? That's the tough part. So just to give you an idea too, these averages that I'm mentioning, it kind of hides some diversity. So weight loss ranged from 30 pounds to 300. That's right, 300 pounds in some cases. The duration of the successful weight loss that they went experienced, one year to 66 years. Some people kept it off a long time. Um, some lost weight rapidly, others very slowly. Um, anyway, these are some of the findings that came forth. Basically, you have this organization of people who, you know, you have a number of folks who are getting together asking the question, should we even be advocating for people to lose weight? Is it even possible, given that a lot of the stats say that upwards of 95% of people gain it back anyway, and in the process, their resting metabolic rate goes down, all kinds of things go wrong. Maybe we should just back off of this as a conversation. And this organization said, well, before we do that, let's figure out what those five percent people are doing like are they just super special or can we learn from them 
this is what the 5%, those 5% successful people all had in common. 98% of them modified their food intake in some way to lose weight. In other words, they ate less. 94% increased their exercise. In other words, they moved more. I know you were kind of hoping that I'd say something different, but it, it didn't any, it's not any different. It's the same. You gotta eat less, you gotta move more. You would think that that would make things really nice and simple, and that therefore, given how simple it is, we would just do it and get over, get be done with it. It does end up being more complicated than that, and we'll get there in a second. But just to give you some other data points, 78% of these folks eat breakfast every day. 75% of folks weigh themselves at least once a week, most folks every day. 62% watch less than 10 hours of TV per week. And before you get all judgy-wudgy, thinking, oh, those silly people watching television, I don't do that. Uh, maybe consider that Netflix also counts as television and think about how often you catch yourself in a Netflix binge. So yeah, watch yourself. Uh, and 90% of folks exercised on average about an hour a day. So I know that we're told by the American Heart Association to exercise 30 minutes, five days a week to add up to about 150 minutes of exercise. That amount will help in a number of ways in your life. Less depression, uh, improved cardio respiratory capacity, uh, improved, like, uh, I want to say improved IQ, but that's not really it. It's like your, your ability to think on your feet improves because you're getting oxygen to your brain. There's all kinds of cool things that are happening. It's just not enough for weight loss and weight management. You got to get up to like the 60 and in most cases, even up to 90 minutes a day. That's what it takes, folks. Simple, right? Eat less, move a lot. Not that hard. Except that it is. And here's why. So your resting metabolic rate when you lose weight goes down. That would be hard in and of its... Oh, sorry. I should... Rewind. What is a resting metabolic rate? It's... So I want you to imagine that you wake up in the morning... And you've decided, I'm not getting out of bed. I'm just not doing that. I'm going to be awake. I'm going to stare at the ceiling. That's what's going on today. That's the decision I've made. I feel like it's a good life choice. Your resting metabolic rate is the amount of calories you burn doing that. Being awake, but not moving. Being engaged, but not thinking too hard. So in an essence, it's the amount of calories you would need to consume in those circumstances in order to keep your weight exactly the same. There you have that. That number, let's say that I go on a diet and I lose some weight. Say my resting metabolic rate was 2000. Upon losing weight, it might go down to 1500. Here's something that's kind of crappy. Let's say that I was 200 pounds and I lost 50 and I'm now 150 pounds in total. A friend of mine whose body size and shape and same age, same, uh, let's say it's my twin even, same genetic factors. She, though, never gained the weight to begin with. She was always pretty much about 150 pounds. She, her resting metabolic rate will be about 30% higher than mine. So that makes things a little tricky. In addition to that, even as my resting metabolic rate is going down, and is, I'm therefore not very efficient at burning calories, I'm more efficient at storing them, hunger signals get pushed out. So there's two primary hormones in the system. One is ghrelin, the other is leptin. Leptin is the one that is the satiety hormone. Le ghrelin is the one that's the hunger hormone. It's the one that gets 
gets the shout out when it you you should eat. Well, your ghrelin goes up upon having gone through a weight loss program, protocol, diet, what have you. So you're getting more efficient at storing calories, and at the same time, your body is screaming for you to eat more calories. The combination of these two things is what leads to an 85 to 95% regain weight percentage, so to speak. <laughs> like This is why so many people regain the weight. It's basically a simpler way of saying that very same thing. So... Does this mean that you cannot be successful? Definitely does not mean that. Um, I personally have a weight loss journey. I lost about oh, 40 pounds. Uh, I was younger, but nevertheless, uh, and I can testify to the fact that yes, it is work. I do have to work at it. It is not impossible. So, and I'm also an HSP, I'm an introvert. And HSPs and introverts as a rule are like, evidently, I mean, this is according to Susan Cain, they don't tend to like going to the gym as much, they tend not to be quite as active as extroverts, and yet, here I am, perfectly active, highly sensitive, introvert and all. What does it take to make this happen? If this is something that you're really interested in, you want to lose weight, how do you make that happen and how do you make it stick? you got to have three things. you got to know what your why is, and I know that sounds very woo-woo, but you do. And it has to be potent enough of a why to get you over the hump of, oh, but I really want this thing now. You have to know the what of what you have to do. And you have to know the how, as in what are the skills you need to have in place to be successful. So to begin with, your why. I don't just mean like, well, why do you want to lose weight? Because I want to be thinner. Like, that's bullshit. That's not helpful. Um, Why do you want to lose weight? It has to be like, what do you stand to gain from losing weight? If you, it's just about having smaller clothes, that's not going to be that sexy. I mean, not when you're competing with a piece of chocolate cake. It just isn't. Especially given that you are biologically wired to eat. And you're biologically wired to gain weight pretty effectively. You have to be able to think, how will your life look different if you manage to achieve this goal? In what ways do you think your life would improve? Who else outside of just yourself, would benefit from these changes? What is weight loss in service to? That last one is probably the most important. Because just losing weight doesn't do a whole lot for you. But maybe you love to hike and your knee hurts and you're realizing that perhaps if you lost a little bit of weight, it would be less painful. Maybe it's that you love fashion. This is someone, something that someone said to me and I at first was very resistant to it. It's like, I just love fashion. And it's like, you can love fashion and be in a beautiful, larger body. No one says otherwise. This particular woman though says, no, but you don't understand. Like, I love a very specific kind of fashion. It's my passion. And I just, I want to feel good in my own skin. I want to feel like, I don't know, at home in my own body. It's like, okay, she lit up when she talked about this and she was successful. So her why was enough for her. Your why has to be important enough that it might even bring a tear to your eye. That's what I'm talking about here. If your why isn't that potent, it's not, it's not your why. It's not important enough to you, which isn't to say, therefore you cannot possibly be successful, but it's more to say, well, why bother? If you don't have a good why, it's a lot of work to go through all of this. Why put yourself through it if you don't need to? And then finally, there's the how. So 
I'm a really big fan of the acronym STRONG. You can, and I kind of, you know, a lot of people use things like SMART goals or SMART skills. I say STRONG because I'm trying to sort of adjust this a little bit for highly sensitive people. So S, select a specific action. T, track your progress. R, reward yourself every time you engage in that action. O is organize your environment. N is nourish your body and your mind. And G is get support. So you have to have all of these things in place in order to be successful is in essence where I'm going with this. So all of that having been said, what are some specific challenges that highly sensitive people face when it comes to managing their weight? Well, I like to kind of revert back and talk about what it means to be an HSP. There's depth of processing, which means you can get caught up in your head very easily, which means you get immersed in what is happening to you and you can get so in your head that you forget to act. It's like you're so busy trying to perfect the plan. If I just get the plan in place, if I just get the perfect meal plan, if I, if everything is just perfect, as soon as is a really common one for HSP. As soon as my house is in order, as soon as my job is in order, as soon as my relationship is on track, as soon as, as soon as, as soon as, as soon as, um, that depth of processing can really get in their way because they're so busy thinking about the perfect way to lose weight that they don't ever act. Over arousal. What this means is they can easily get over aroused and therefore agitated. And how do you deal with agitation? Well, one way you can do that is with food especially for HSP, because HSPs have a much more vigilant nervous system, which I've mentioned, and they don't necessarily want or need alcohol, heroin, cocaine, marijuana, whatever. That's pretty potent for them. It's pretty, uh, it's an intense substance to put in their system. Food though, food does some of the same things on a subtler level. And so in many respects, it's a much better drug because it's exactly the right kind of calming. So there you have it. Emotional intensity is, is the next. Um, I would say that that emotional intensity sort of magnifies the experience of over arousal and or depth of processing. And then sensory sensitivity, which means they can smell delicious food from a mile away. So, but there are upsides to being a highly sensitive person as well. Um, depth of processing can also mean solving really complex problems through like and developing holistic solutions. Having an over-aroused nervous system, yeah, that sucks when it's over-aroused, but it also means that it, you don't require a lot of flair to get yourself motivated. You're easily stirred to action. You're easily stirred or compelled. Hmm. I don't even know if it's necessarily true that you're compelled to action. It's better to say you're easily inspired. Um, emotional depth and breadth also means you have what's called emotional granularity. So you might be easily disrupted, but you're also easily delighted. And finally, sensory sensitivity can mean that you're sensitive to small changes in a positive way as well as a negative way. So you can use your sensitivity as a kind of compass to move you in the right direction. You just might need to, well, hone it better. You want to harness it better. How does body positive fit into all of this? Well, body positive, and I want to differentiate body positive from health at every size. On the surface, they seem very similar, but they are in fact quite distinct. And I think they would each agree with me on that. So body positive is more of a political movement. And the, I forget exactly who it was this, who summarized it in this way, but it was really beautifully put. In essence, body positive is challenging the notion that health should be a value held in high esteem. 
So in other words, think of it this way. Like I personally, me, Leah Burkhart, I, I value my health tremendously. I was a sickly kid. I hated being sick all of the time. So engaging in healthy behaviors shifted my whole experience of myself in a positive direction. And that became sort of embedded into my value system. Not everyone values health. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. What I mean is some people value their family, their relationships, their work. They value security. They value any number of things. And health is just not on the top of their list. Body positive is put out there to say, maybe that's okay. There's nothing wrong with health not being the t- a priority. It's fine. It's my body. If I don't care to eat broccoli and I want to eat french fries, that's none of your business. And coupled with that is a, a political stance that says my body is not really up for you to scrutinize. And to the extent that it is, you should love it because I sure as hell do. It says to everyone, your body is great. Love your body as it is. Embrace your body. It's a very uh, health, I don't want to say health at every size, that's confusing. They're deeply passionate about removing the stigma of size from character. I shouldn't even say removing the stigma. They just want to disentangle the two. We have character. A person of character doesn't have to be a person who is thin. A person of character doesn't have to be a person who is fat. The two are simply not correlated. That's what this movement is advocating for. To get to a space where our body's size and shape doesn't have anything to do with how we judge their character. Health at every size, meanwhile, is has some similarities. There's certainly a lot of overlap, but there's one defining distinct, like distinction, I would say. It's weight neutral instead of just weight positive. And it does continue to have health as a primary value. So the health at every size model says, yes, 100%, absolutely, make health a priority. But making health a priority does not mean ipso facto that you make weight a priority. That is different. So a health at every size model would say to people, hey folks, yes, eat vegetables. Why? Because they are good for you. Yes, drink water. Why? Because it is good for you. Exercise. Absolutely. Why? Because it is good for you. These behaviors are intrinsically valuable to the human body. Do these human things, you will have a better human experience. This is just how we're supposed to move in the world. However, you may or may not lose weight in making these changes. You might eat all the vegetables on the planet and still end up the same size as you were a month ago. You might exercise more and discover that your body is still resistant to weight loss and or weight management. Even so, you'll see the, benef- the, the positive benefits of moving and of eating well. You don't have to count your calories. You don't have to lose weight. If you make changes, you sleep better, you drink more water, you eat your vegetables, you manage your stress, you connect with your community, you will have a healthier body and you will have a healthier mind and you will probably have a healthier outlook, irrespective of whatever happens to the size and shape of your body. So again, these are two very different, like they they have a lot in common, but they are distinct. Body positive is we are going to challenge the very idea that we all have to value health. We just, we don't. There's no rule that says that I have to do that. Back off. Health at every size is, oh no, no, we're still very much invested in everybody valuing their health. We just don't think that weight should be one of the primary markers of health that we're all measuring. 
So why would I talk about these two things in a weight management podcast? I'm talking about them because it's worth, I would say in particular for highly sensitive people, evaluating for yourself to what degree your weight loss is that important to you. I, I mean this. There are people who have come to me and they've said, I really want to lose weight. And we work together in a while, for a while and the weight doesn't come off and they make all these changes and they're going to the doctor and they're seeing all these really fabulous shifts internally. And yet they just aren't losing weight. And every time when we kind of break it down, we look at the data, it ends up being they're not moving enough to lose and keep the weight off and or they're eating too much, even if they're eating healthy food. And every single time I've had to drive home, are you sure this is that important to you? Yeah, 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 totally. It's very important. Really want to lose weight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely want to lose weight. Okay. And finally, after an, an amount of time, I, I sit down and I say, okay, listen, you're going to have to tell me what is it exactly that you stand to gain from losing weight? And they don't have an answer. It's like, well, are what, what is it? What is the, in what way is your weight specifically hindering you from living the life that you want? And they'll say, well, I don't really know. I mean, my husband is great. And he doesn't seem to mind. Or if he does mind, he's not telling me about it. And my health is good. And my kids are good. And all these things are great. I, I just want to look thin because, well, I know that that's more attractive. And I was like, says who? And who cares? Clearly, I mean, forgive me, but you're getting laid. So what... What's the difference? Did you want more people to want to have sex with you? Because that's what it sounds like, really, when it boils it down. When you boil it down to the nitty-gritty like that, it's like, what is it that you don't have that losing weight would give you? And if you can't answer that question, it's like, man, let it go. It ain't that important. I only really take it seriously when people can have a solid answer. For example, and I know I've mentioned these before, it's like, no, this is incredibly important to me because... I don't want to get surgery on my foot, on my knees, on my what have you, and I know that the weight is making it harder. Or I, I, I hate that I have to use a machine to get to sleep every night or to sleep well every night, and I know when I was lighter that I didn't have sleep apnea. And this is important to me. I'm tired of using this thing. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. If that's the case, well then yeah, okay, let's make it a primary concern. Let's make it the thing that we work on together. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. I guess for me as a health coach, I do see times when measuring your weight can be important. I can say for myself, I love to move my body. And when I lost weight, it became much easier to do that. And it's because I love to move my body, I'm exercising 60, 90, two hours a day, no problem, because I love it. It's not like I'm sitting here dragging myself to the gym going, okay, fine. I'm, that's my me time. That's like, you know, think about some people that are really just incredibly motivated to do whatever it is that they're doing well. Think of your Tony Robbins, your Gary V's, your, oh, there's someone else that's last name is Mel Robbins. Think of your, these people that are just incredibly productive. When you sit them down and you ask, how are you able to achieve this? They'll tell you, like, I love what I do. This feels fantastic. I don't want to stop. I'm obsessed. Like, incredible writers. They'll say, I wake up every morning. This is what I want to do. And even when it sucks, even when it's hard and I don't feel like it, I can't imagine doing anything else. I was like, okay, well, those are your outliers. Those are the people. That's why they're successful. It's in part because they're good at what they're doing. But it's also in part because that's what they value and it's something that they love. 
So something I would suggest to you, if you're in this place where you're thinking, God, I'd love to lose weight, but for some reason it's not happening. My health is good, my relationship is good, my life is good, but I'm just not losing weight. Consider the possibility that that's okay. And if it's not okay, yeah, then that's definitely, we can make that happen. We, I, I can get anybody to lose weight and keep it off if it's important to them. And if they're willing to make the, I don't even know if I want to say sacrifice, if you're willing to put in the level of work that this requires, it can happen. But be clear about the fact that you do want to put in this level of work because for a lot of people, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So that's my diatribe there. Done. Um, so some things to think about. Before embarking on a weight loss journey, consider what is your highest and greatest value or what are your highest and greatest values, plural. Um, does weight loss fit in with those values? If yes, how? Be really specific. Perhaps consider a haze approach or a body positive approach. I say haze, I health at every size approach. Haze makes it sound like I'm hazing people. Um, what actions would be in alignment with your values? And how can you use the strong principles to support you in making those specific actions stick? Um, the strong principles, again, were S, set a specific action, or, you know, um, T, make sure that you are, uh, you know, tracking your progress, R, reward yourself, O, organize your environment, N, nourish your body and mind, and G, get support. Um, and I want to say, too, if you want additional support, I absolutely am putting myself out there. I do private coaching on the side. I'm more than happy to connect with you over the phone and or through text. Um, I'm putting together an online course specific to weight management for HSPs. Um, so you, I'll, I'll be talking more about that in the community site. Um, if you want, to, you know, I'm also considering putting together uh, an online class that we where people would actually meet in person. I mean, not in person, but where there's a time where, where there's calling in, I guess a webinar, a WebEx. I don't know exactly, but... I'm going to be putting one together, so if you're interested in joining the pilot of that, please contact me, let me know. Uh, you can go to my website, www.thehealthysensitive.com, and there's that lovely little contact me page. It's right there. Just put in your information, send me a note. Uh, and keep in mind, if you're kind of interested in coaching and you don't really know what that means and you kind of, you love to chat but you don't want to have to commit, I always my first session is always complimentary. And that gives you an opportunity to get a sense of my style, for me to get a sense of you. And it may not be a good fit, but if it is, I'd be delighted to work with you. So I'm putting myself out there and I'm going to be putting out some deals as we get closer to the holidays. So please reach out if that's something that you think would be helpful to you. If not, then, well, all I have to say to you is that's fabulous too. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have questions that have nothing to do with coaching, maybe you just kind of want me to go in a little bit more detail about certain topics, uh, please, once again, reach out to me. You don't have to be a coaching client for me to chat with you online or via email. Um, yeah, so as I said, hope you enjoyed the show. I look forward to checking in with you next week. I will be checking my inbox for any messages or questions or any of that nature. Um, yeah, have a fabulous week and I hope you have a wonderful night. Bye. Bye.